I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach, and today we're going to be talking about wellness, and we're going to be talking about the different aspects of wellness, and what does a wellness journey really look like? Because you know. especially through these last couple of years we've all gone through so many different ups and downs and we've taken different twists and turns own wellness journey so many of us have started off thinking the entire lockdown was a holiday and we started with our telgona coffees and our banana breads and then we went into this entire exercise overload and there has been no balance to it so let's discuss what wellness is today and we have a very special guest with us sarah jane dias and we're going to be talking about this whole concept of wellness So Sarah welcome to the Habit Coach podcast. Thank you for having me Ashton. I'm so excited because this whole topic of wellness is so interesting right because everyone's definition of wellness is different and everyone's journey is different. So Sarah tell us a little bit about yourself and you know how did you get on this journey of wellness and where you are at now? Well I think one's always been passionate about the subject and I feel that the best way to learn and then spread awareness is through one's own experience because it just enriches the kind of information that you're sharing and i used to be i used to work on television and then you know as as many people know i was in miss india then i started doing um film and then from film i progressed to doing web and my journey's been you know just like any other actors would have been um i think especially for somebody who didn't really have any friends or family i grew up in the middle east so when i came down i didn't know anybody in the industry so i faced the similar challenges that anybody would when you're joining a new industry and i think what happened because i was still quite young i started to imbibe a lot of the criticisms and a lot of the judgment that is part and parcel of anyone's job right i'm not trying to sort of make it seem like our job has something that's extra special but i mean criticism is a part of growth however i was very young and it was a new industry for me and i sort of used what i knew which is probably not enough to weave my way through this journey that i was on and it was beautiful and it was wonderful and it, and it was very rewarding however i was not aware of the building up of internal criticisms and judgments about myself and that was be it about the way i looked physically or even just my whole thought process and how i was talking to myself and eventually what landed up happening is that i was still in college um because i did my final years of college over here and i started working simultaneously so i was still in college and you know you're you're at that age where your personality is reaching a final development stage and you're sort of really making friends for me it was making new friends and there's just basically a lot going on it's like oh and i went to a cbse board so for me coming to college in bombay was a like it was a trip i was just like what's going on no one's in uniform you know i can you know so it was different right So anyway, so somewhere along this path of trying to fit in and and trying to find my own voice and my own way, I started to get just sad and uh, confused and I was I I had to have bouts not wanting to get out of bed, not wanting to go to college. There was a string of unhealthy attractions towards boys um or then an unhealthy narrative in my head about what kind of friends I wanted to have. and of course in hindsight everybody is smart i i now realize that it was unhealthy back then but anyway i was finding my way just like any other teenager was so many things to prove thank god there was no instagram because you know that was just one less pressure i mean i love instagram don't get me wrong but that was one less pressure to worry about yeah imagine kids these days growing up with instagram and everything around them right it is I can't yeah can't imagine i can't 
I just can't imagine because it's, mm. I mean, again, this is something that we can talk about later. I do believe in the power of social media and the influence that it has. And I believe that you can use it as a positive force. And especially given what we're going through right now, people have been using it as a positive force to spread information, awareness, and try to find help for other people. But anyway, coming back to where I was in college. So finding it difficult to get out of bed in the morning, et cetera, et cetera. And then at one point I realized that, you know, this is not how it's supposed to be. I'm like, I know that you can have bad days and I know that it can be a struggle, but this feels unnatural. There's something about this that feels unnatural. So I did a bit of, you know, asking around and a bit of research and, you know, back then talking about seeing a psychologist and stuff was hard and it was frowned upon. and It still is frowned upon, but back then even more so. So I did whatever I could and I managed to find actually a, it was the unique combination of a center somewhere in Juhu, which doesn't exist anymore, sadly, but they did a very specific kind of Reiki massage and they had an in-house counselor and an in-house psychologist. So I actually found out about it because of the Reiki massage and then realized they had an in-house counselor as well, a psychologist, sorry. And so I started to consult with her and it was through the process of talking with her that I realized that I had all these pent up emotions and all these pent up, you know, judgments and triggers and just all sorts of gunk, honestly, that I really needed to get out of my system. And I did the therapy. I must have gone for about 10 sessions. And then I stopped for whatever reason. I can't remember why right now. Maybe I thought I had enough. Maybe I thought that I was feeling better. Maybe it didn't work for me. But I did do the therapy for a while and then went back to my usual life. And then by this time, I think I had started to work as a VJ. And being a VJ is a full-time job. Like it's not one of those, like back in the day when we were VJs, we were shooting sometimes 12, 14 hours a day. No time to think, literally come home just in time to have dinner, shower, go to bed, wake up the next morning, back in the studio again. This was my life for about four and a half years. So I really didn't have much time to focus on. I just, I got carried away with whatever life was bringing me. And I wasn't really focused on really asking questions internally. And then the Miss India happened, which was a wave of appreciation and recognition and applause and just, you know, so again, gotten carried away with that wave. And then I did my first film. So it was kind of like an, it, it was beautiful from a career trajectory. It just, you know, it just grew and grew and grew. And it was a, it was a beautiful natural progression from one thing to another. And then I think somewhere towards my late twenties, that sort of nagging feeling of not being really happy came back. I mean, cause really, what are we doing, right? We are in a pursuit of happiness. We're in a pursuit of joy. We're in a pursuit of acceptance of where we are and who we are and what we do. So there was that nagging feeling that came back. And that's when I started again to, I'll never forget this. I was shooting a film in Udaipur and I was, you know, Udaipur has some amazing furniture shops with a lot of furniture. And, so, and I, I love interiors and interior decor. And stuff. So I went to this, I, you know, one of the days when I had an off from work, I said, come on, let's go furniture shopping. And I was standing in the middle of this furniture shop and I literally was miserable. Even though I was doing something that brings me joy, I love looking at furniture. I love coming up with color sheets and color charts and planning interiors. And I was miserable. And I was like this. And I was doing a good film. I was doing a film with Gurinder Chadda. You know, Gillian Anderson was in it. Hugh Bonville was in it. And I was just like, nothing about this feeling makes sense. So I called up somebody again who I had just happened to meet through a friend of a friend who I knew was an alternative therapy healer. And my, my reasoning for that was... Okay, I've done therapy in my life in the past. 
it's brought me only so far. Maybe I should try something, quote-unquote, alternative. And that person turned out to be Chetna Chakravarti, who's an alternative healing practitioner and a life coach. You know how you would start out with an, any psychologist, basically giving her a rough sketch of where you've been, what you're about, what's troubling you right now, what's troubled you in childhood. And we started on a journey of karma chakra cleansing, simultaneously doing talk therapy, just generally just counseling and just chatting and just, you know. And something started to shift. Just something within me started to heal. Because sometimes I think wounds are so deeply buried that you need someone else to go in there and do the scrubbing for you. And again, one thing led to another thing. I was always working out and always doing my, taking my body seriously, but never in a way of accepting my body for what it was. It was always, I want to change it. I want it to look quote unquote better. I want it to look thinner. I want it to look bigger here and smaller there. It was never coming from a place of, I want to be healthy. You know, I want to grow old in a healthy body. So all of that started to change. And as I'm sure you'll agree with me, change brings pain, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and all that dirt, when it starts to come out of you, it's painful because it's like a snake shedding its skin. But I continued because I'm quite not resilient. I mean, I am resilient, but the word I'm looking for is determined. I'm quite determined to see things through in life. So I saw it through and I'm still seeing it through because we're all works in progress. And I guess what I'm, where I'm trying to get at with all of this is just my journey has taken me from there to where I am right now. And, you know, I've cut it short a little bit because where I went from the healing journey, from alternative therapy, then converted to clinical therapy as well. But my passion for wellness kept growing because along the way, I met and heard about so many people who were suffering just like me. And they were suffering silently. They didn't know where to go to find the right help, be it to help their bodies or their minds. And I just somehow, without even knowing, started to swear and promise myself that I would never let anybody else go through that alone. And that just kind of happened on its own. I didn't consciously make that decision. It just kind of happened. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. Beautiful. Thank you. This whole journey is has so many different stages to it, right? Yeah. Like there's the there's the college part. And, and I know there's so many kids who are listening to this who go to college and I get messages from them all the time. They're confused, yeah. especially like you said, it was the time when you're molded like clay. Yeah. Do you have any, you know, thoughts about that? Like, what should they be thinking about right now when they're in college? What are the aspects should that, that they should need to be possibly thinking about, focusing on? Maybe from a wellness point of view, maybe from a growing up point of view. You know, I think that everybody wants to be a part of the cool kids, everybody. But the perception of what a cool kid is, is actually something that's fed to you. It's not something that comes intuitively to you. I was that kid, you know, I used to be when I was in school, the correct uniform wearing, oil in the hair wearing, A++ scoring girl. And then I came to Bombay and I had my TLC baggy pants on and my boys t-shirt on. And you remember those black rubber band bangles that used to be really cool at one point? I don't know if you remember these. Yeah, yeah, of course. They used to be very, like stacks of those. Yeah, very, very goth meets hip-hop. Correct. That was my vibe, right? Mm. And I swear to you, the looks I used to get in college was just like, okay, you do realize you're a girl, right? Like, it's the same, you know? And I changed. And you can see it in my pictures. You know, I started wearing tight pants and crop tops. And to all the teenagers out there and to all the kids out there, you have to first realize, I think, just how blessed you are because you live in a time where acceptance is a thing. where Growing up just the way you want to is a real thing. 
there is no need to apologize for it there is no need to pretend you will find your quote unquote cool circle just being who you are and that's really what i wished someone had told me back then because i just felt like it was an endeavor to be somebody else it was never an endeavor to better my strengths or to get over my weaknesses it was an endeavor to fit in it was an endeavor to be somebody else and i lost a huge sense of who i was and that just continued into my career then you know and it just continued into my relationship choices it continued into my food choices it continued into everything so i would think that's what it is is hard it's hard because like it or not there are certain kinds of people who get applauded more than others but again i will say we still live in a time where there is acceptance of all shapes all sizes all colors all talents and you've got the right platform to do it and to really build your own unique story and that's really what your focus should be is really asking you yourself that question until you get exhausted of answering it is who am i and that answer will change mind you it can change you know every year but really who am i and really owning that and really staying true to who that person is unapologetically yeah of course i run the risk at this point of when i say unapologetically don't be an asshole like just don't and you know what i mean some people take that owning to another level where you're it comes with the detriment of other people's betterment don't do that correct right don't be yourself at the cost of somebody else not being happy yeah and then don't blame it on i'm like that only oh i hate that worse is when you blame it on your horoscope oh i am a scorpio that's why i'm like this thappad right like <laughs> thappad and how like i'm just like firstly i believe in the stars and alignment and you know energies and karma i'm a deep believer but again within that it's unique everybody's birth chart is completely unique so saying a statement like i am a scorpio i'm just like that is such a redundant thing to say because when you were born where the stars were is completely different from any other scorpio so you really can't compare and be like oh scorpios are like that what am i supposed to? like or or when people or versus even when people judge you oh you're sagittarian right sagittarians are just like that. i'm just like just yeah <laughs> you know just just never mind you know sarah he said something so important earlier which i wanted to just touch upon one is that he said that we are constantly looking for applause and we are trying to be part of there are some people who get more applause than us and there's some gangs that get more applause than us yeah and that's the thing you know yeah we're constantly looking for that validation and the validation flies in the face of knowing who you are yes i remember even when i went to therapy and i think in our second or third session with the therapist the therapist asked me so ashtin who are you and i was like what a stupid question and this is when i'm much older right i was in my 30s and i was like what a stupid question of course i know who i am what's up with that no no you've been who your parents wanted you to be then you were who this person wanted you to be then you were who this person wanted you to be. Yeah. who are you and i had a terrible ride home that day because i did not know how to answer that question honestly and then it was that pursuit of understanding who i am without the layers of what people expect from me and that is what you are saying absolutely right who are you without the layers of what people expect from you yeah. and that is the freedom that you can then explore yeah. and completely thrive on yeah absolutely absolutely this is such an important point thank you for sharing this because there was a brilliant brilliant answer to that question I I wasn't even trying to but thanks. <laughs> I was literally just going as literally just as is because I was thinking I'm like what would I have wanted someone to tell me man like when I was like struggling and trying to be like oh I 
that's it. That's what I would have wanted someone to tell me. Is to be like, dude, just be you. Yeah. You know, whatever version of you, you want to be. And it's easier said than done. Mm. Right? Like when people say, be positive. I want to punch them. Because it's just like, it's you can't just be positive. It's a habit. It's a conscious effort. It's a journaling every day. It's believing in positive affirmations. It's doing your meditations. It's practicing some kind of physical activity. It's, you know, taking care of your health. It's showing up for your friends and your family. It's all of that that contributes to you being the best version of you. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and that hard work is something that I definitely want to touch upon. But there's this one aspect that I wanted to uh, speak about before, which is you had success at a very young age. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because a lot of people message me saying that, you know, Ashton, I'm 24 and I haven't achieved anything in life. I'm like, what? Yeah, see, I'm nowhere close to what Elon Musk does. I'm like, are Dakkan. Like, who are you comparing? Why are you comparing? What are you comparing? I mean, compare apples with apples here. But like, even, even if you're not, uh, why are you so hungry for success at such a young age? I want to just explore... What was success at such a young age? Yeah. What did it feel like? What were the things that, you know, are important for us to keep in mind? And maybe it's something along those lines that you can share with us. So this is a, so there are a couple of things, right? Because I may seem successful to the world, but it's only very recently. And I mean, like maybe a year and a half now, I've been working for 20 years. It's only a year and a half now ago that I have finally not look for the next successful thing to do after being successful, finally, right? And that's taken a lot of work. But that again comes from just owning me and owning who I am and a gratitude practice. So it's a couple of things. When you look at somebody else's life and you want to be like them, first off, it's a mix of, let's say, jealousy and envy, right? But instead of looking at it as a negative emotion, if you could just turn that on its head for a second and maybe make a list of what it is that you admire in that person and what it is that you're jealous of, you'll realize that it's actually a reflection of the things you want in your life, right? Then take that and get specific with it. So for example, Elon Musk is sending a rocket to space, is sending rockets to Mars. Do you want to send rockets to Mars? No, I'm pretty sure you don't. But you might want to do something in space travel. You might want to do something in tech. So then you get specific. Be like, okay, what in space travel do I want to do? Do I actually want to be on the rocket? Do I want to develop the rocket? Do I want to help technology be built such that somebody, so that everybody has access to being on a rocket? What is it that you want to do? And slowly, as you keep sort of asking these questions and filtering through what it is about this person that you want to be, you'll realize that it's actually in your power to make your version of an Elon Musk. Nobody can be Elon Musk because it's only one of him. And nobody can be you because it's only one of you, right? And everybody has a unique gift and everybody has the absolute right to be apologetically owning of that gift. So I would just say that, and of course, one also needs to define what success means to you. So for me right now in my life, if I were to talk about being successful, to me, being successful is being able to, like, okay, I'll give you an example. For the longest time, success to me meant being financially independent, right? So that to me was a success. And having gotten that at a young age, I'm happy to say that I have been financially independent. But that's changed today. Today, me being successful means being supportive of my family. And that can change from year to year, but it's important right now because my family's been through some pretty tough times over the past two years. My happiness is intrinsically linked to theirs. So if they're happy, I'm happy. So 
for me, success looks like a place where my family feels supported both financially and emotionally. And if I can do that for them, I'm successful. So you really need to figure out what success means to you. And I'm pretty sure that whoever this person is who said that I'm 24 and I haven't achieved anything. I think question that you could ask them, which would probably put them in a bit of a rut is, okay, what would you have wanted to achieve? And then you'd be like, okay, what did you do to achieve it? Right? Because nobody got anywhere sitting in one place and saying, oh, I want to achieve this and envisioning it and manifesting it. And, you know, people throw that word around a lot. I'm manifesting this. So I'm, what is that word? Um, Positive visualizing this. But it's not going to happen if you're just sitting down in your room and looking at other people's lives. You need to get up and do it. And oh, by the way, you know what? If you need to get up and do it, your mind needs to be healthy. And you know what else? Your body needs to be healthy too. Are you doing that? Maybe not, right? So really breaking down what success means and what are you willing to do to achieve that? What are you willing to... And there will be sacrifices. Another thing people don't really um, talk about a lot is the sacrifices that one has to endure to reach this quote-unquote successful place. Every success involves some sacrifice. Every success. Every famous person has had to sacrifice their privacy. Everyone. So, but that's why when people in interviews ask me, they're like, oh, you know, what are the challenges and stuff? I don't really talk about not having my privacy because I'm like, you know, I signed up for this. I knew this was going to happen. I knew that if I had a relationship with somebody famous, it would be plastered all over the news. I can try and protect it, but I can't prevent it from happening because this is part and parcel of my job. So... Yeah, I think that's my view on success and people saying that they have not really achieved anything. Before going ahead, we'll take a quick break. And we are back. Absolutely. And the manifestation thing, I remember somebody asking the other day, do you believe in manifestation? Like I did the Q&A yesterday, I keep doing these Q&As all the time. And I said, yeah, my uh, folder where I write all my the documents for my book is called bestseller books. I'm manifesting it in some way, but I have to sit down and write it every single day for those two, three hours in order for it to happen. So it's not just that I wrote bestseller books there. It is that I have to put in the work for it. Yeah. And I know that I'm not going and meeting my friends. Or I'm not going and doing something else because I'm sitting here and writing this book. I know I have to sleep early so I can wake up and write this book. Like you said, it's all the sacrifices that nobody sees. And you just said something really important. You just said you have to sleep early to make sure you can wake up early and write that book, right? So it's, and because what are you doing then? What kind of messages are you really sending to your body and to your brain? You're making sure that you're in the right vibrational frequency as well to attract that kind of manifesting because you can't be sitting at your desk all day hating what you do and yet saying, I want to manifest wealth. It's not going to happen. You then need to switch what you're doing because no positive manifesting is going to happen if you are vibrating in a negative frequency. You need to switch your frequency to that of positive. And it's very easy again to say that, oh, think positive or change the way you think. But it's possible to make to take small actions every single moment. Choose what you're thinking. Choose how you're talking to yourself because at the end of the day, the only person listening is yourself to the way you talk to yourself. And just make sure that you are in alignment with that goal that you've manifested. So if you want to be successful, Correct. then you need to already start living like a successful person, which means that you celebrate your victories, you know, however small they may be. I made the best coffee today or I, you know, hell, I woke up for somebody who's depressed. Just getting out of the bed in the morning is a success, you know? So... It's a hi-fi moment right there. Yeah, it is. It's totally. I've been there, man. It's been hard. It's been really effing hard. 
there have been mornings where I've had to message my therapist saying, I can't get out of bed. And she's had to talk me through getting out of bed and brushing my teeth and then having a shower and then making myself a cup of coffee. And then by the time the coffee goes and I'm like, okay, maybe I can handle this day, you know. But then I sit down and I, I'm grateful for it. I thank myself and I'm grateful and I celebrate that success in some small, healthy way. So yeah, that's, that's my bit on success. Sarah, what are your um, top habits that you need to do every single day? Like you mentioned gratitude a couple of times. Yeah. Right? What are the things that you need to do every day to have an awesome, awesome day that you make sure that, that definitely takes place? So I need to make my bed. This is such an important one. Such an important one. The best discipline you can get in is making your bed as soon as you wake up. Lovely, lovely. Yeah, it's perfectly. Sometimes, sometimes when I'm... You don't iron it? No, I, I mean, I've, I've contemplated it. Totally. <laughs> I've seriously contemplated it. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell anybody except the thousands of people listening to this podcast <laughs> but uh, yeah so if I get bored of making it a certain way then I'll try and like dress it up and do some like interesting ways and blah 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 so anyways I need to make my bed in the morning you don't put those swan um, swan towels <laughs> no I haven't I haven't gotten there yet but what I was going to say was it made me realize that I even make my own bed in hotel rooms housekeeping loves you yes housekeeping does love me when I've left the room it's like no one was ever there Local, but I, it just gives me some semblance of having done something as soon as I wake up. Yes. Yeah. So um, another thing which is, again, depending, um, it's becoming a non-negotiable lately, is uh, having a cold shower, just a very quick burst of cold, just cold water. Then is a workout or a yoga or something, just moving for at least 20 minutes. It can go up to an hour and a half. But like today, I wasn't feeling um, particularly energetic. So I just did like half an hour or something. Uh, then is a meditation. What kind of meditation do you do? I usually do. Recently, I've had to do a lot of grounding because of everything that's been going on. I have felt that my energies are getting consumed in a lot of places that I don't want them to. So I had to ground myself, anchor myself for those people who don't really relate to the word grounding, just anchoring yourself in your reality and in your energy and in your body, uh, just to make sure that you know, because as human beings, we're sharing our energy with so many things from the technology that we use, you know, the radiation, we're sharing our energy with the news these days. We're sharing our energy. I'm sharing my energy with you right now, you know, and just as much as we're giving, we're also receiving and absorbing. So just I ground and I protect. I ground and I protect. I ground and I protect. So it's just working. I'm, I'm deeply spiritual. So I ground with sort of mother earth and sort of something which I believe is called like a golden light which anchors you to the earth and then I surround myself with guardian angels because I believe in guardian angels and then I also protect myself with the color so for me the practice that I've been practicing many years has been violet and gold so I protect myself with the violet gold light and then I you know if I feel called to then I'll say a prayer and I've been brought up Catholic so I pray I'll say a Roman Catholic prayer um, I also pray in Sanskrit. So if I feel called to pray in Sanskrit, then I'll pray in Sanskrit. Or sometimes I just sit there quietly, literally. Let me clarify. I'm sitting quietly because my mouth is closed, but my mind is not quiet. Like my mind is going because it's not meant to be quiet. Right? There's lots of thoughts running through. But I have really, through the practice of meditation and doing it for many years now, I've managed to find just a little bit of a gap between each thought, which helps me sort of slow down, then slow down, slow down and then be a little bit calm. So my meditations can be anywhere between as short as eight minutes to as long as 20 minutes. But that's a non-negotiable for me every single day. Lovely. 
And my fifth habit, does coffee count? Absolutely. Very, very essential. Fine. So then my... Right? Most important habit. We're all coffee lovers on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, okay, great. Right? Yeah. So, so coffee. I'm a, I'm a coffee drinker. I can't... I cannot do tea. I just cannot do tea. I just like... I'm just... I cannot. I spent a lot of time in London before the lockdown and there's such hardcore tea drinkers that I just like... Um, it just doesn't do it for me. Sorry, sorry guys. You need the kick in your pants from the coffee. That's what's important. Anyway, so those are my five non-negotiable habits. You know, these habits are so essential in terms of getting your wellness in place. And yeah. Okay, so that was a fantastic episode when you're listening about and understanding wellness. Join us next time for the second episode of uh, this discussion when we deep dive into different wellness practices and how you can make wellness a part of your life. So start these habits and share with us your progress using the hashtag TheHabitCoach. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Ashtin Doc on Twitter and Instagram. You can find lots more information on my website, awesome180.com or check out different content on my YouTube channel called AWESOME180. That's Awesome 180.